0: Happy anniversary,
1: happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary!
2: One of the greatest album openers of all time as today's episode introduction, I welcome you to the I Am Vinyl Podcast. My name is Pete La Russa, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in here at cnjradio.com or if you're a subscriber via Apple Podcasts. And today's episode is the Vinylversary Edition, Volume 3, solely dedicated to albums that have recently hit a milestone anniversary since Volume 2 was released on June 25th, 2020. Leading off this episode was the title track from the 12th studio album by Judas Priest entitled Painkiller, which was released 30 years ago on September 3, 1990 and would go on to peak at number 26 on the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart. The album is certified gold as of now. This track was taken from the We Are Vinyl 180 gram reissue that was released on December 1, 2017. While I was aware of Judas Priest by 1990, thanks to the numerous airings of their early 80s videos on MTV's Headbangers Ball, I became much more interested in the band after the video for Painkiller had premiered on the show, and this would become the first album I'd purchased by Judas Priest when I found a used CD at a local new and used CD store months later. It's easy to understand why many fans call this their comeback album after two heavily criticized albums released prior to it with Turbo and Ram It Down. Undoubtedly featuring one of the greatest intros to any song in all of heavy metal, courtesy of Scott Travis on drums, it was impossible not to choose any other song to open up this episode. Let's move on immediately to the next track in this episode. It comes from an album that hit its 40th anniversary of being released back on June 30th, 1980. It's the 8th studio album by Queen, entitled... The Game, which would go on to peak at number one on the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart, with two Billboard Top 100 chart-topping hit singles, Crazy Little Thing Called Love, and Another One Bites the Dust. As of now, the album is certified as quadruple platinum. I still remember when my older brother Vincent received his batch of cassettes for a penny from Columbia House, and this being one of them that would be played very often. The track I'm going to play is a single that was released before Another One Bites the Dust on May 30th, 1980, and would go on to peak at number 42 on the Billboard Hot 100 singles chart, just missing becoming another top 40 hit single from this album. It's the opening track, which has always been a favorite of mine by Queen, and the song is called Play the Game. That was Queen with Play the Game from the album The Game. And next up is another album from 1980 that hit its 40th anniversary of being released back on July 25th, 1980. It's the 8th studio album from ACDC entitled Back in Black, an album which would go on to peak at number 4 on the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart and is diamond certified as of now, selling over 25 million copies to date. The title track, Back in Black, would go on to peak at number 37 on the Billboard Hot 100 singles chart. This album has become the benchmark and is often compared to for bands who have had to move on with a new frontman and vocalist after someone has either left the band or has unfortunately passed away. As many know with this album, ACDC had just suffered the huge loss of their frontman and vocalist, Bon Scott, who had passed away on February 15th, 1980. Since MTV's Headbangers Ball often played the videos for Back in Black and You Shook Me All Night Long along with other random videos from their albums, I was already familiar with who ACDC were by the late 80s and early 90s, and this album would end up becoming the first one I'd own thanks to my cousin Joe giving me an early 90s CD copy for Christmas in 1992. The track I'm going to play is one of my favorites of those that were not released as a single, and it's taken from my used columbia house pressing that i acquired over 15 years ago and the song is called shake a leg I'm
1: down on the street on the street We're the
2: That was ACDC with Shake a Leg from their biggest selling album to date, Back in Black. And now we're going to move on from 1980 and talk about an album and anniversary I had missed back on Volume 2. This album hit its 35th anniversary of being released on May 13, 1985. It's the fifth studio album by Dire Straits entitled Brothers in Arms which would go on to peak at number 1 on the Billboard Top 200 albums chart and is currently certified multi-platinum with over 9 million copies sold. The album would also have 3 top 40 hit singles with So Far Away peaking at number 19, Money for Nothing peaking at number 1, and Walk of Life peaking at number 7 on the Billboard Hot 100 singles chart. In addition to these accolades, Many who also grew up in my generation first became aware of Dire Straits thanks to their innovative video, From Money For Nothing, receiving heavy airplay on MTV. A track which featured a special guest vocalist, with Sting providing the classic line, I Want My MTV, throughout the track, along with providing additional background vocals on some other lyrics. And that is the track I've chosen to play from my copy of this album that I found used at Princeton Record Exchange a few years ago. Here is the longer album version of Money for Nothing.
3: Easy money Easy, easy Checks for free Easy, easy Money
2: That was Dire Straits along with guest vocalist Sting with Money For Nothing from the album Brothers In Arms. And next up is going to be a track from an album which recently hit its 20th anniversary of being released back on August 1st, 2000. It's the fifth album by Rancid, which would turn out to be a self-titled album despite being their fifth release at this point. Which would go on to peak at number 68 on the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart. This album seemed to be a response to the reaction to their prior album, Life Won't Wait, in which some fans felt was a bit heavy on the Scott influence due to its popularity in the mainstream at the time, and this was already following their highly successful third studio album, *And Out Come the Wolves, which had boosted their overall mainstream popularity in 1995. Here on this self-titled effort, you hear a much more aggressive band, along with some of the catchier moments you'd expect to hear on a rancid album from the first few releases. The track I've chosen to play is one of the more aggressive moments and a favorite of mine on this album, and the song is called Axiom. some of that excellent bass playing that fans have come to expect from Matt Freeman, that was Rancid with Axiom from their self-titled album from 20 years ago. And we're not done with Rancid on this episode, as an album I mentioned earlier recently hit its 25th anniversary of being released back on August 22, 1995, and would go on to peak at number 45 on the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart, and is their only album to be certified platinum to this point. The album is And Out Come The Wolves, and it followed the success of their second album, Let's Go, which had become their first record to be certified gold. The track I've chosen to play is a highly familiar track, but it's one that I've never grown tired of hearing 25 years later, and I remember the song hooking me in while hearing the album for the first time before it would become their third single and video to be released on November 3rd, 1995. It's taken from the 180 gram white vinyl reissue, which was released sometime in 2010 and limited to 500 copies pressed. And the song is called Ruby Soho. <laughs>
1: For more, ah, I, the love is fading out, she disappears, it's time, time to say goodbye.
2: with Ruby Soho from the 180-gram white vinyl pressing of the album, and out come the Wolves. And we're going to stay with the year 1995, as the next album up hit its 25th anniversary of being released back on July 4th, 1995, and would go on to peak at number 23 on the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart, and would go on to platinum status with over a million copies sold. The album I'm talking about is the self-titled debut by the Foo Fighters. When Nirvana as a band had ended following Kurt Cobain's tragic suicide, it was crushing for me as a fan to have to accept that there would be no more new albums recorded and released ever again. Then, by complete surprise while hanging out in the city with friends and checking out all the record stores, I saw this album in the CD display at Bleaker Bob's in New York City after it had been recently released with a white label on front of the cellophane which read Dave Grohl from Nirvana and immediately grabbed it from the display and purchased it along with some other CDs and vinyl. As many fans know, this album was recorded entirely by Dave Grohl before he put together an actual band. While the big hits would come for the foos over the course of the next few studio albums, the videos for I'll Stick Around and especially Big Me, with its homage to the infamous Mentos commercials of the 90s, were huge staples on MTV throughout 1995. The track I've chosen to play is the first song on the album, and it's one that made an immediate impression on me, which gave me the indication that I was not going to be disappointed with this album. It's the first single from the album that was released on June 19, 1995, and would peak at number 6 on the Billboard Mainstream Rock Chart, and it's taken from the 180-gram reissue that was released on November 21st, 2011. And the song is called... This is a call. That was the Foo Fighters with This Is A Call from the 180-gram reissue of their self-titled debut album. Next up, we're sticking with the year 1995 once again, as the next album to spin hit its 25th anniversary of being released back on August 8, 1995. It's the fourth album by Shelter, entitled Mantra. It would be their first album to be released by Roadrunner Records under the SuperSoul Records imprint that was started by vocalist Ray Capo. Those who have been following the New York hardcore scene for the last three decades are very well aware of the band. But for those who have never heard of the band before, they're known for bringing Krishna consciousness to the attention of many fans of hardcore and punk music. The track I've chosen to play is taken from the Music on Vinyl limited and numbered 180-gram Red and Orange Vinyl Edition, number 219 of 750, which was released on October 28, 2016, and to me is easily one of their catchiest songs, and one I felt could have grabbed the attention of music fans, who may not necessarily follow the New York hardcore scene and the music associated with it, but would appreciate the song along with its message. It would see a single and video release, and I do remember catching the video on MTV's Alternative Nation a couple of times. And the song is called, Here We Go. That was Shelter with Here We Go from the music on vinyl 180 gram red and orange colored vinyl pressing of Mantra. And next up is the last album of four from 1995 that is going to be acknowledged on this episode. And it's an album and band I was reminded I had missed acknowledging earlier this year while spinning Shelter's Mantra to acknowledge the 25th anniversary of its release. It's another band with ties to the New York hardcore scene who would release their major label debut album following a highly successful debut EP in 1994 on Revelation Records, which hit its 25th anniversary of being released back on February 28, 1995. The band is Orange 9mm, and the album is entitled Driver Not Included. I originally picked up this album as a gold-stamped promo CD at a KISS convention of all places, along with some other CDs and vinyl months after the album was released. Every time I listen to the album, it's what always immediately comes to mind. The track I've chosen to play leads off side B on the album and has been a top favorite of mine on this album ever since I first listened to my gold stamp promo CD of the album. As with Shelter's Mantra before this album, this track is taken from another Music on Vinyl reissue and it's a limited and numbered 180 gram edition on flame colored vinyl, number 488 of 1000, which was released on February 19th, 2019, and the song is called Magnet. That was Orange 9mm with Magnet from the Music on Vinyl 180 Gram flame-colored vinyl pressing of the album Driver Not Included. Coming up next is an album that would be considered to be very important in crossing over hardcore and thrash metal music in the mid-80s. While Anthrax had been in the middle of recording their second full-length album, Spreading the Disease, in 1985. A side project had been born out of guitarist Scott Ian creating and drawing pictures of a character named Sergeant D after he had completed his guitar tracks for the album. Soon enough, drummer Charlie Benante got involved as he and Scott Ian decided to form a hardcore band based on the character of Sergeant D, and former Anthrax bassist Dan Lilker along with vocalist Billy Milano would soon join the band, which would be called S.O.D a.k.a. Stormtroopers of Death. After recording the Crab Society demos, they followed up shortly thereafter by recording and completing their first album in just three days, which would be released 35 years ago on August 30th, 1985. The album would be entitled Speak English or Die, based on the Sergeant D. character that Scott Ian had created, who was not exactly politically correct. For this 35th anniversary acknowledgement, I'm going to play the first two tracks on the album, which, for those of you who are listening and like me can recall the early years of MTV's Headbangers Ball, you will easily recognize much of these songs as being used during the intro to the show, along with the commercial breaks. The album never charted on the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart, but it has sold over 1 million copies to date since it was originally released. Taken from the 30th anniversary 2LP brown and green 180 gram pressing released sometime in 2016, I'm going to spin the first two opening tracks on the album, which have to be played together, and give us a little insight into the character of Sergeant D. Here is March of the SOD and Sergeant D and the SOD. was S.O.D. with March of the S.O.D. and Sergeant D. and the S.O.D. from the 30th anniversary 180 gram brown and green 2 LP set of the album Speak English or Die. And now I'm going to follow up S.O.D. with the band that guitarist Scott Ian and drummer Charlie Benante are known for being in primarily for over 35 years as their fifth studio album Persistence of Time was released 30 years ago on August 21, 1990 which would go on to peak at number 24 on the Billboard Top 200 albums chart and would become their third full-length album in a row to achieve gold certified status with over 500,000 copies sold. This album was not recorded without some stressful moments such as a fire which destroyed their rehearsal studio and over $100,000 worth of gear which set them back for a time before they regrouped and headed to a different studio to finish the album earlier in the year. Known to many fans as their darkest, and some would say their best album of their first five studio albums, and during their first run with Joey Belladonna on vocals, Persistence of Time, along with the Attack of the Killer Bees compilation released around a year later, would eventually help to open up some possibilities to further promote the band, aside from the video for their first lead single, and their cover of Joe Jackson's Got the Time, receiving some moderate daytime airplay on MTV, aside from being aired weekly on Handbagger's Ball. In 1992, Anthrax would be given the opportunity to appear on one of the biggest shows on TV at the time, Married with Children. Airing on February 23, 1992, the episode entitled My Dinner with Anthrax would air for the first time and I was right there in front of my TV recording the episode to a blank VHS cassette, which I still have to this day. During this episode, a short performance of the second single and video, In My World, takes place in the Bundy's living room after some dialogue between the band and cast members, before quickly segueing into the next scene. So let's hear the entire track now taken from my original pressing of Persistence of Time that I picked up at Record Factory shortly after its release, and would become the final piece of vinyl I ever purchased at Record Factory before they phased out vinyl altogether. It was only $6.99 as a new release at the time, and I remember thinking that it was really cheap for a new release compared to the asking price for the cassette and CD. So once again, here is Anthrax with In My World, but first... Damn kids. I think they tricked us.
3: We're here in this sweltering hell and they're having the wildest time of their lives back home. How about that, Chicago? Ten feet of snow and the city's at a standstill. I bet the only place that's hot is the party at Bud Bundy's house where anthrax is rocking the roof off. They must be having one great time. <sighs>
4: Well, that's guest number 50 that snowed in and can't make it. I guess it means more anthrax for us.
5: <laughs> let's get there early, you said. For once, let's be responsible, you said. That dog won't take a whiz on my guitar, you said. <laughs> I'm not so sure I was the dog, Mr.
4: Two six-packs of malt yeah. liquor. Well, looks like it's just gonna be us. That's okay. We can still have fun together. Right, guys? <laughs> Here's a little game I know that can break the ice at any party. We say our first names, and then the name of an animal that begins with the same letter. I'll go first. Bud. Bear. Go on. Dan. Bite me.
2: Now, now right off, Dan, that's, that's too many words.
4: to check on you.
1: <laughs>
4: Relax, Mrs. Darcy. They're famous musicians. We won them in a contest. <laughs> <laughs> musicians, eh? Well, I don't want you to think I'm unhappy. I chase the monkeys like everyone else.
1: Yeah, I bet they were running like hell.
4: <laughs> hey, let's get this little guy's shovel and dig a tunnel out of here. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, guys, but uh, you're going nowhere. According into this contract, you owe us a song first. Hey, it's supposed to be dinner with Anthrax. Dinner. I play nothing till I eat.
5: In case you're wondering, I'm the hungry one. Well, let's
2: go over to the fridge and see what we got to eat. Hey,
4: do you guys do I'm a Believer? Because Mickey used to really rock out on that one.
5: Oh, wow. Desolation. It's not totally empty. It's a Chia Pet, in there. Uh,
2: that, that's not a Chia Pet, uh, that was a meatloaf,
1: but,
2: uh, there's always Mom's aluminum foil wrapped mystery pack. Food. Food. A, yo, man, I food am food food. Go! Oh, wow. Yep. They're gonna eat the mystery pack. Even Dad won't eat the mystery pack. These guys are cool. Uh. <laughs>
5: Wow, the colors! The colors. Is your hunk moving? Oh, it's biting me. Yo, it came out of the fridge. Why is it hot? I see fifty people now. Let's jam.
2: featuring some moments from the Married with Children episode, My Dinner with Anthrax. That was Anthrax with In My World from the album Persistence of Time. And just recently, to tie in with the 30th anniversary of the album, a 4LP orange and black vinyl set with the remastered studio album and b-sides, writing session rehearsals, and tracking outtakes was just released a few weeks ago, which at some point I will feature a track from on a future episode. And next up is a band that Anthrax would tour with as an opening band for a period of time, while touring and promoting the album Persistence of Time. The band is Iron Maiden, and their 15th studio album The Final Frontier was released 10 years ago on August 13, 2010. The album would go on to peak at number 4 on the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart. I still feel like this is the weakest album of all that have been recorded and released since Bruce Dickinson and Adrian Smith's return to the band back in 1999. The track I'm going to play is taken from the 180-gram 2-LP reissue that was released on July 28, 2017, and it's the first single that was released from the album, a track which some of us Maiden fans would call their slight tribute to Barracuda from Heart. And the song is called... El Dorado. was Iron Maiden with El Dorado from the album The Final Frontier. And I'm not going to move on from Maiden just yet, as the follow-up album to The Final Frontier just recently hit its fifth anniversary of release on September 4th, 2015. The album is entitled The Book of Souls and would become Iron Maiden's first triple album, which, like The Final Frontier before it, would go on to peak at number 4 on the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart. Maiden's previous albums had featured a few extended tracks, and this was something the band had been featuring on their albums for quite a while. However, on this album it was definitely taken to a different level, as 7 out of 11 total tracks average a time of around 7 to 8 minutes, and with the final track, Empire of the Clouds, topping out at 18 minutes and 1 second. Compared to The Final Frontier, I've always found The Book of Souls to be a much better album from day one of hearing it, and I've always enjoyed the longer tracks on this album ever since I picked up the Best Buy exclusive double CD booklet version on its day of release before my triple vinyl set was delivered via Amazon a few weeks later. The track I'm going to play is the first single that was released from the album, and one of only four tracks that is under six minutes, and the song is called... Speed of light. That was Iron Maiden with Speed of Light from their triple album The Book of Souls, as now we're going to move on from a more recent five-year anniversary and rewind back 30 years to 1990 as Living Color's second album Time's Up was released on August 28, 1990. Having to follow up on the double platinum success of their debut album Vivid from 1988, Time's Up would go on to peak at number 13 on the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart versus number 6 for Vivid, and would go on to be certified gold with over 500,000 copies sold. While Time's Up didn't go on to sell as much as Vivid, and their presence on MTV was not nearly the same in comparison, I still think the album is just as strong and a great listen all these years later. The track I'm going to play is taken from the original U.S. translucent yellow vinyl pressing, and it was the first single and video released to promote the album, which ends side A. And the song is called Type. That was Living Color with Type from the original U.S. translucent yellow vinyl pressing of the album Time's Up, as now it's time to rewind back even further from 1990. A few days ago, we hit the 50th anniversary of the release of the second album by Black Sabbath entitled Paranoid, which was originally released 50 years ago on September 18, 1970. Only seven months after their debut album had been released, on February 13th, 1970, which was acknowledged in an episode earlier this year. This would turn out to be their first studio album I'd ever purchased from their discography when I picked up the CD in the early 90s after already owning the We Sold Our Soul for Rock and Roll compilation on CD prior to it. I'm not going to play either of the three most well-known tracks on this album, which would be War Pigs, Paranoid, and Iron Man, Which either are probably playing on a classic rock radio station right now as I speak. The track I'm going to play is taken from the Rhino Records 180 gram reissue that was released sometime in 2006 and has always been one of my favorite tracks by Black Sabbath, which closes the album. And the song is called Fairies Wear Boots. That was Black Sabbath with Fairies Wear Boots from the Rhino Records' 180-gram reissue pressing of the album Paranoid, as we'll move forward five years and acknowledge a double live album that would go on to become one of the most well-known and often cited live albums of the last five decades. After recording and releasing three studio albums between the beginning of 1974 and into 1975, KISS would release Alive, 45 years ago, on September 10, 1975, which would go on to peak at number 9 on the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart, becoming their first album to hit the top 10, and would also go on to have their first Top 40 hit single when the live version of Rock and Roll All Night was released on October 14, 1975, and would go on to peak at number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100 Singles chart. Alive, which is essentially a best of the first three studio albums in a live setting, would help make them become a household name after their first three studio albums had sold moderately well, but not enough to have truly broken the band through into the mainstream. Rock and Roll Over is currently my favorite studio album by KISS, but this album right here is my all-time favorite KISS album. It's one of the albums in my earliest childhood hand-me-down collection, that still brings me vivid memories of listening to it on my Fisher-Price record player in the early 80s, beginning sometime in 1981, whenever I talk about it or listen to it. The most random of memories, such as when I listen to 100,000 Years and it gets to Peter Chris's drum solo section, I can still remember being fixated on the phalanger effects that I was hearing, and staring at the album cover at the same time, trying to figure out in my five-year-old mind What the hell is going on here visually? All while my mom is making chicken cutlets for dinner and eventually calling for me to come to the kitchen for dinner and not exactly rushing to the dinner table until Paul Stanley begins hyping the crowd up during Peter Chris's drum solo. It has remained my ultimate go-to Kiss album ever since and while many already know the album isn't 100% live, it is and will forever be the greatest live album in my mind as long as I'm on this earth. For much more extensive information on KISS Alive, check out Episode 5 if you haven't heard it already, which is Part 1 of three KISS Roundtable discussions that have been recorded and released to date. A fourth Roundtable discussion will be coming soon in a future episode. For now, the track I'm going to play is taken from a Casablanca Records blue label pressing of Alive and a track in which was not featured on part one of the I Am Vinyl podcast KISS Roundtable discussion. It's one of my favorite songs by KISS, and one that I've recorded and covered for fun back in 2012. Originally leading off their second studio album, Hotter Than Hell, here is KISS with Got To Choose from Alive. kiss with got to choose from the album alive and i'm not done with kiss just yet as 10 years and two days after alive was released kiss had taken off the makeup by this time and had released two studio albums already by the time their 13th studio album was released 35 years ago on september 12, 1985. the album is asylum and it would go on to peak at number 20 on the billboard top 200 albums chart along with eventually being certified as another gold album of many in their discography. Although there were three popular videos released and aired on MTV and shows such as Friday Night Videos at the time for the tracks Who Wants to be Lonely, Tears Are Falling, and Uh All Night, only one of these tracks was officially released as a single. That song would be Tears Are Falling which is the track I've chosen to play on this episode, as around a year ago I played Who Wants to be Lonely on episode 7, another random set of 25 songs, the October 2019 edition, after the album had turned 34 years old. As with episode 7 when I featured a track from Asylum, this track will be taken from the copy that my mom bought for me at Record Factory as a back-to-school present shortly after its release when I was just 9 years old. This would be the first KISS album I'd own that was a brand new release, so it's always had an added sentimental value to me. So once again, from the album Asylum, here's the only single to be officially released on the album, which would go on to peak at number 51 on the Billboard Hot 100 singles chart. And the song is called Tears Are Falling. That was KISS with Tears Are Falling from the album Asylum. As we're going to move on now from two tracks and notable anniversaries for KISS and acknowledge the first solo album released outside of KISS by drummer Peter Criss. After being asked to leave KISS in early 1980, Casablanca Records would release Out of Control 40 years ago on September 9, 1980. After almost a year had passed since KISS had appeared on The Tomorrow Show with Tom Snyder in one of the most infamous and most classic band interviews to ever air on national TV while promoting the album Dynasty, in which Peter Chris and Ace Frehley essentially stole the show from Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons with their antics, Peter Chris would even make an appearance for the first time without makeup on on The Tomorrow Show with Tom Snyder to help in promoting the album Out of Control. Unfortunately, the album did not see much success, and would not even show up on the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart. However, after a highly successful reunion tour of the original lineup of KISS between 1996 and 1997, Out of Control was issued on CD, along with Peter's second solo album outside of KISS, Let Me Rock You, on April 7, 1998, for a first and last time ever since. The album contains a cover of The Young Rascal's You Better Run, which had already come close to hitting the top 40 for Pat Benatar a few months earlier, peaking at number 42. That is the track I've chosen to play, as I figure those who are mostly familiar with Pat Benatar's version may be interested in hearing this version by Peter Chris. So, from my original US pressing of Out of Control, here's Peter Chris with his take on You better run.
1: What you trying to do to my heart? What you trying to do to my heart? You go around telling lies, you fool around with other guys. What you trying to do to my heart? You better run.
0: do to my head
1: now i've got to draw the line you're not gonna take my mind what you're trying to do to my head
2: That was Peter Chris with You Better Run from the album Out of Control, as we're going to move forward 10 years from 1980 and talk about the fourth studio album released by Queensryche 30 years ago on August 20th, 1990, entitled Empire, which would go on to become their highest-charting studio album at the time, when it would go on to peak at number 7 on the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart, and would go on to become their biggest-selling album to date, being certified over three times platinum at this time. I can still remember hearing the premiere of the title track Empire on the radio station KBPI while staying at my cousin Joe's house in Colorado during that summer. Then, a year later when I stayed there again, and Silent Lucidity had already become their biggest hit single to this day, peaking at number nine on the Billboard Hot 100 singles chart, Not a day went by where we didn't hear Jet City Woman on KBPI and see the video on MTV during primetime hours and on Headbanger's Ball. The track I'm going to play is taken from the Back to Black 2LP 180 gram Clear Vinyl Pressing that was released on February 10th, 2017, which I ordered recently on the day of the 30th anniversary of its release while listening to my CD and was delivered just a few days later which was definitely long overdue to join my vinyl copies of The Warning, Rage for Order, and Operation Mindcrime. And it's the track I mentioned earlier in which my cousin Joe and I had heard as premiered on the radio station KBPI in Colorado. And it's the title track on the album, Empire. Next message. Saved Saturday
5: at 9.24 p.m. Okay, um...
2: Queensryche with the title track from the back-to-black 2LP 180 gram clear vinyl pressing of the album Empire, as now it's time for the final track of this episode, which comes from a band who would end up opening for Queensryche during the tour to support the album Empire. It's another album from 1990, which turned 30 years old a little over a week after volume two of the Vinylversary edition of the I Am Vinyl podcast was released. It's the fifth album from Suicidal Tendencies, entitled Lights, Camera, Revolution, which was originally released 30 years ago on July 3rd, 1990, and would go on to peak at number 101 on the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart, and would become their second gold-certified album of three they would eventually achieve. The track I'm going to play is taken from the Music on Vinyl 180 Gram Black Vinyl Edition, which was released sometime in 2013, and it's the first single and video that was released from the album, a song which, to me, contains one of the best spoken word sections ever committed to tape by vocalist Mike Muir before the last round of choruses, eventually leading to the end of the track which I'm sure resonated with so many fans back then within their own lives, and still does to this day. It's the album opener, and the song is called You Can't Bring Me Down. You That was Suicidal Tendencies with You Can't Bring Me Down from the album Lights, Camera, Revolution. With this latest batch of albums that I've acknowledged in this episode, and while looking at the track listing in putting together the running order for this episode playlist, and feeling like I absolutely had to open this episode with Judas Priest's Painkiller, I couldn't think of a better way to close the show than with that song, even though it's an album opener by default. And that is going to wrap it up for this episode of the I Am Vinyl Podcast, which I hope you all enjoyed. And as always, I encourage you all to please check out our other shows here at cnjradio.com. The Wrestling House Show, Rock Strikes 10, The Synaptic Empire, Talking Rock, and The Last Theater. And now you could write to me at iamvinylpodcast at gmail.com and let me know what you'd like to hear on the show in the future, and would also like to see on the I Am Vinyl Podcast Network on YouTube, which you could find on YouTube under the name Larusa 28 spelled out as one word, or if you search for the I Am Vinyl Podcast Network. If you like my YouTube channel, please subscribe and follow the channel for more videos to come in the future, and if you are just hearing this podcast for the very first time, please review and subscribe via Apple Podcasts. It would really help out my YouTube channel and this podcast, and I would greatly appreciate it. So until next time, thank you so much for tuning in to the I Am Vinyl Podcast, and I'll see you for our next episode right here at cnjradio.com.